<clears throat> Timer starts now. Yeah, do that clap. That's Click official. One, four, three, two, one. Go. Action. What's up, everybody? This is Rob Ridley and Jeremy Dodge. We're coming to you live from National Fire Radio. We got Chris Nalis. As they say it right, Chris? Yeah, Nalis, like the horse. Nalis, yeah, all right. Because I'm, I'm horrible at, at names. I can screw up a name. Like, it's like, this is John Smith. And I'm like, hello, John Smythe. Smythe. It's, it's, it's horrible. So anyway, you're with the uh, Brigginfield Fire Department Yep. here in Brigginfield, New Jersey. Um, here to talk to us a little bit today about your first fire and a couple other topics. So let's uh, let's jump into some of this stuff here. Uh, first fire. What was your what was your first fire? My first fire actually it was I mean not the not the greatest one to fight. It was a uh, three story walk up apartment building, and uh, it was a gas explosion. So by the time I showed up, I was actually down in college. I see a huge column of smoke coming up the turnpike. I went to New Jersey City University, so coming out of Jersey City, up the turnpike, I'm like, man, somebody's got a good job. There. Yeah, right. I'm like, you know, start calling everybody. Hey, what's going on? And nobody's answering their phones. I'm like, I'm getting closer and closer. I'm like, dude, they, they, this sounds like it might be, you know, our job. Working. Yeah, right. I, I didn't even know at this point, you know, <clears throat> uh, you know, the building blew up. But um, yeah, so I got closer, got there, and realized that yeah, that's you know, that was my first fire. I just become a uh, a regular member. I just come off probation, like uh, the, like uh, the meeting before. So it was like two weeks before. I had a very and similar you, experience. And you yeah. had this like massive job going in. Um, Right there, you know, they they, they really weren't doing they were, everything was defensive operations at that point, so it was kind of like standing around. So it really wasn't like the greatest first job, um, you know, that I actually fought. It was really my second one was more memorable for me. Um, actually, actually being in, you know, being on the first two engine, um, riding out of the house, you know, you know it was a job. Chief's on the scene, he's telling you, you know, they, you know, they got smoke showing, they got a fire going, and uh, in our town we have a lot of uh, garden apartment style, um, two and a half story, three story, um, garden apartment townhouses. And uh, we get that one, you know, he, he's telling you, you got a working fire going. And I'm on the engine. I'm like, well, all right, this is, like the, this is the first one. Right in the back seat. Right in the back right. seat. Um, it was like, you know, a couple months after that, we had that fire, uh, you know, right. the, 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 the building explosion. I'm like, oh, you know, here we, here we go. I'm sitting there. I just, you know, I got a guy has got like 25 years. He's like, all right, you know, this is nothing. You know, it's another another easy job. You know, we're going <laughs> to bang this out, take this. You know, we'll, we'll be done. We're wrapped up in an hour. We'll be out of here. I got another guy who's got probably about 15 years at that point. I'm sitting in the back crap on myself. Like, oh, Absolutely. oh God, what are, what are we doing? What are we doing here? So, uh, and they're like, yeah, you, you got the nozzle. You're it. And I'm like, what? Yakpot. Go, what are you, you, you kidding me? And it's, you know, it's a great, you're, you're training for that. Sure. We do a lot of training and what we did a lot of live fire training. We have our own training facility that we do a lot of live fire. And so I'm like, I was nervous about it, but still like, all right, let's get the hose off, get it out of the bed, get the cross leg, get it flaked. You know, who's going to be my backup guy, get the second loop, set of loops out. And uh, all the way to the front door, I'm just, I'm just like, oh my god, I can't believe this is happening. Like, how am I, how so, am I going to be the first guy? So garden apartment, garden apartment, fire showing. Yep, fire showing out the rear. It's already self vented out already, the rear. Already self vented. I'm like, all right, this, this, makes for this, a nice push. It sounds like this will be an easy one. Right. Yeah, great. You get into the, you know, the first intermediate landing, blacked out smoke condition because they had the door left open, can't see a thing. I'm like, all right, you know, let's call for water, get some water going, and they're just like pushing me. Let's go, let's go, let's go. I'm like. Where am I going to go? Senior man's yeah, behind senior you. Senior man's behind you pushing you. Yeah. Like, let's go, let's go. And he's like, if you're not going to go, I'm going to take the knob from you. Like, well, I don't want to give it up. You know, <laughs> yeah, you know like, never. I've got, got my mask up. But, you know, I got my knees there on the line so no one steals it from me. Because, you know, in our department, say, if, if, if a hose line's sitting there, you're grabbing it. That's if, right. If, if, <clears throat> if nobody has it, you're taking it and running. And I actually, later on in my career, you know, a couple times did that, guys. You know, that's how you get a little bit of a reputation. But, uh, you know, it, it is what it, it is. It happens. You dare to do the job. I'm protecting that thing like, you know, That's like, right. like it's my baby. I'm holding on to it. I got my knees on it. I got my gloves down on the ground. I'm all ready to go. And, uh, you know, we start stretching in, and they're just pushing me. I can't see anything. We didn't have a tick with us, you know, because at that point, it was 2005-ish. You know, right. you, you, know, you don't have too many. You know, you, the department didn't have a lot of ticks going. Sure. There's new there's technology. There's, yeah, new technology. <clears throat> there's probably like three or four in the entire department. 
Um, we didn't have one with us on the first day. You know, the first two truck had one, so they were in there searching. I can hear them banging around there, yelling, you know, where the fire is. I can't see a thing. I'm like, what the heck did I get myself? How was the heat? Actually, it wasn't too terrible because it was self-dumping. Uh, yeah, I'm like, agree. all right, you know, I've had more in training, but, like, you know, but the thing that gets you, it's just a blacked-out smoke condition. You can't see anything, even with a tick sometimes. You know, you got it right pressed up to your face. You can't see it sometimes. So you're just going by the feel of heat. I'm, you know, throwing my hand up in the air trying to get, you know, see where it's coming from. And finally, it was actually a back, you know, rear bedroom. It took a little while to get You had to go through the kitchen to get there and and uh, and get it. But, you know, they're behind me pushing me. Pushing, let's go, let's go, let's go. It's off to the left, off to the left. You know, crawl through. Get going, get going. I'm like, where am I, where am I going? Where, yeah, I, don't, right. I don't know where I'm going. Right. You <clears throat> can't see anything. And, uh, you know, we got in there, knocked down, hit it. And, you know, it was just pretty much kept it to one room. But, uh, you know, it, it's... Having that adrenaline rush, having that first fire, making sure everything goes right, calling for water at the right time, making sure you have the line bled out, all the things that, you know, go back to your training and just trying to remember it. And you're like, in the meantime, crapping yourself, like I said before, like you want to make sure you don't do anything wrong. Because I got these, you know, salt dogs with me that are like, let's go. Let's yeah, go, and, let's and go. for you, how old are you? Uh, 18 years 18, old. 18, right? Yeah. Fresh out of the academy, yeah, yeah. caught a job, they yeah. put you on the nozzle, right? So testament to your training. Yeah. Right? I mean, all the things Absolutely. you just listed are things that, you know, comes with seasoning, you know, yeah. and over time. And the fact that you had those instilled into you and those type of training techniques, put your hand up, advance, call for what, like all the things that you're supposed to be doing, sounds like you did it. I mean, it sounds fantastic. But <clears throat> like hindsight, you know, looking back at it, you had these senior guys, you know, 25 years, 15 years on, you know, in your, in your department pushing you. And there's one, there's got to be a, now you've obviously been to a few more fires yeah, so you a couple know exactly yeah, what they people, were doing one or two more. yeah right <laughs> but uh you know just that 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 culture of because i've seen it before where people are just like no you know like yeah i'm not going or or, or they're like i'm not giving you the line like you know just but they get it you know your department's culture and training seems like it's uh kind of pushing that forward to be like hey yeah. this is this is your time Go. to get that experience yep. and, and we're going to see what happens because they've been awesome. here they, they, they've been there so you know a lot of our older guys they try they're like and they not to just throwing you, throwing you to the wolves, but they're just like, let's go. You know, it's oh, your time. It, it's your time. On you. Absolutely. Yeah, I knew like <clears throat> pretty much nothing's going to happen to me because I know I got you know a couple guys that are real good experience. Guys were past chiefs, and uh, I'm like, all right, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable enough to know that they're not going to let me go farther than what's safe. But at the same time, they're pushing you to get that experience, get in there, get that heat, get that smoke, see what it's like. So this way, when now as you're coming up, absolutely, you know, you can do the same for guys behind you. Well, it says a lot about yourself too, because, you know, being a new kid in the firehouse and you had senior guys that were willing to give you that position and trust you enough to be in that position, you're a squared away brother. You're not, you know, you're not a scale. You're not, you're not a mutt in a firehouse that doesn't, doesn't belong in that position. And so, you know, it's kudos to you by all means. I was listening to a, a fan YouTube and the guy who was, uh, he was talking about, uh, I, forget, I can't remember his name, but he said the morons of the fire service. And he said, uh, he's like, by the way, I want to start off, and I'm one of the C-shift guys. And it was like, you know, I got a couple of chuckles. But he said, I'm not going to talk about the morons and what you're thinking of. I'm actually thinking about the intellectual, yeah. um, you know, your IQ test mm -hmm. and, yep. and where it was. And he was going through all this stuff about history, World War One, and how he said, like, there's an actual article from the Massachusetts, how is it, Massachusetts Institute of the... Stupid and, and confident, or something like that. Like it was. It was That's like, a thing. Yeah, it was 1900. So <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. right. Or, yeah. Or one. I think they still have membership. I think <laughs> they're still <laughs> taking applications. Yeah. We call it something <laughs> else now. You know? yeah. We've got a few we could send over. It's, yeah. it's a different probationary program, but uh, <laughs> you know, they went on this whole whole thing about um, 
highlight there's, you know, that differentiation of, uh, you know, the, the people who know how to do the job and, you know, are, are with it. Yeah. And then those who, who aren't, how we've kind of, in some in some areas of the country, we've let morons really run, come, run come on it. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, we need bodies. Let's, let's get a pulse in here. And, like, if you talk about that draft in World War One you don't have licenses or anything else. I was like, hey, if you come through this door and you tell us you're 18, Good to go. Yeah. we're going to give you that rifle and that uniform and you're going to go fight the war. And they were like, wow, this is not, <laughs> this is not working. And, uh, I mean, hey, we won. So, awesome. Back to back. Wait, blue, champs, right? blue t-shirt culture doesn't work, though? You know, like, hey, join, we'll give you a t-shirt mm-hmm. and, you know, yeah. you're a body. Thanks for coming. And that's one of the things for your own department there. I mean, just letting, you know, taking some notes as you're talking about, you know, like that aggressiveness with the line. Um, and having that mentality come out, it's like, cause sometimes you say you have, you get that reputation, yeah. but it's, uh, it's hard to explain to somebody when you're talking to them about it because you're like, yeah, there's a reputation that goes with being aggressive with the line, but it also instills a discipline in the guys that like, you know, that line is your life and, 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 in, in the fire and it's, uh, it's going to protect either, you know, uh, victims from get yourself out. Yeah. Exposed, you know, they're Without exposed to fire or just, you know, protecting your truck crew if they're going above you. So, I mean, that's. I really was excited to hear that um, when, when you said that. So, which, uh, Chris, what's, what's one of your best accomplishments that you've had so far in the fire service? I mean, aside from becoming the chief of the department, and uh, I'm a pretty young guy, uh, 30 years old. Um, I think I'm the second youngest chief. The other guy had me by a couple months. He was 29. Um, but that was back in 1985, I think. Yeah, that was, wow. You know, you could just run through the ranks. You could join and run through the ranks. There was, like, no training, no certification requirements. So, right. you know, so, so uh, I think probably the, the biggest accomplishment is becoming chief at, a, you know, such a young age. Um, that's definitely one of, my, uh, one of my big things. But I think the uh, one thing that overshadows that, and I, uh, I sent it to, to Jeremy, was uh, the rescuing of a uh, trapped lady, unconscious lady. Mm-hmm. We had a, uh, had a job going uh, 7.30 on Sunday morning. You know, reported dwelling fire, and uh, first Sunday in June, so you're figuring, all right, people are out and about, and, you know, it's, if it's a fire, somebody's going to say something. Nobody's around. There was, like, nobody reported it, just for, like, a passerby. Uh-huh. They didn't even stay. <clears throat> PD shows up, you know, they're like, yeah, this house is chugging along. It, it, we, get, we got a job going, you know. Then, at this point, I'm now the captain of the, uh, of the engine company. Um, had a real good guy with me. Um, he's got just, I got 14 years. He has 15. He was in just ahead of me. Real good nozzle guy. He's a career fireman as well. So he's, you know, he's gung ho. He's got the same training I did. And, you know, very gung ho mentality. Let's go in there. Let's get it. And, uh, we stretch off and, uh, you know, the truck's pulling up. They pull pretty much pull up simultaneously. Um, truck guys get off, you know, front door. I'm the first one up to the, to the landing, check the screen door, storm door blocked. All right. We've got a fourth century, fourth century, get to the front door. Now front door is locked. Okay. Truck guys, do your thing. I tell my nozzle guy, you know, give it a couple shots. Now it's self-venting out the front, uh, you know, picture window. We know we got a good fire roaring. One and a half story frame. And uh, truck officer, uh, uh, truck fireman, you know, pushes the door a little bit, has some resistance, and he's like, I think I got something behind the door. I'm like, all right, you know, what, what do you got? And he pushes in, he's like, I, I, got, a, I got a victim. Wow. And you're just like, <clears throat> until it happens to you, you, sure. you, you train for it, and you, you have dummies, and, and you searching uh, you know firehouse and you do these things to, to to locate a victim and until you actually do it and it actually hits you and it, this is the real deal now you have somebody unconscious laying behind a door it, it, it just the utter shock it, it was like overwhelming and i'm like all right you know now we got it we got a radio out let the chief know we got you know we, we found somebody and it's this close this soon into the operation who else is in the house where else are they sure absolutely so now you know all right, we got one at the front door 
possibly a second uh, you know you know occupant in there. And uh, I was talking about you know blacked out smoke conditions before. This was one of the ones that was really kind of scary. You go in, you had a very high heat condition right at the front door. You know, it, the fire's blowing out, it's self-vent. Put you right to or, the floor. You know, Auto-exposing, auto putting you right to the floor. Grabbing this lady, get her out. She ended up being, I think, 92 years old. Wow. She looked like she was probably about, you know, maybe in her 60s. Phenomenal shape. She just, looked, you know, tried to self-extricate, face down in front of the door, blocked the door. Pushing that door open, getting her out, um, you know, grabbing her with the, with, with the truck guys. Um, and, you know, they, she was unconscious when we yanked her. And we got her outside. Uh, one of the paramedics, who's you know pretty local to our area, was right there. Was walking up the street. They're like, "Hey, you know, this unconscious victim coming out." He went right to work on her. They got her revived. Awesome. And uh, we gave her, I think, 360 more days, you know, on Earth. And uh, she ended up dying as a result of her injuries. But um, one of the real more satisfying things is she, you know, sent a nice letter after she kind of came back, went to rehab in a little bit, and uh, you know, thanked us for for getting her out. And then upon her passing, she left our department a ten thousand dollar donation. Wow, that's fantastic! So it uh, it yeah. really felt good, uh, you know, as a boss for the guys to really, um, you know, do what they did, yanking her out, me telling them, hey, this is what we got, this is what we got to do. Everybody kind of working together, truck working with the with the engine. Meanwhile, my guy's on the nozzle; he's penciling down the uh, you know the, the fire auto exposing, give us you know a little bit more time to try to get in there, and get anybody else. Um, her son actually was, you know, farther deep into the house. He he succumbed to his injuries, um, so it's kind of a disappointing thing. But yeah. so you have disappointment on one hand, but you're able to rescue, you know, another one, and uh, it was one of the one of the more uh, astounding accomplishments. Sure. I think you know because yeah, it's um, and it'll stay with me forever. You know, it, 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 t until you have your first one, it's like you know, it, it was it was a great feeling. It, you know, kind of joy and, and jubilation. But kind of sorrow at the same time, so it was a you know it was a very fine kind of line to, to walk there, being happy that you grab somebody, but also somebody yeah. else you know you know perishes. But well, I also think that um, just in training alone, you 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 train like you mentioned about like you're you're inside, you're pulling these uh, mannequins out and everything else, and you're, you're doing all the simulation. And there's two types that, that go with this. Like we have that one like you you just described. You're at a house fire. And like you know, I forget the, the line. Who who said it? But like the garbage man's not surprised when he sees. Yeah, garbage he turns he turns the corner and he you know he has uh, he yeah, has and, and you see fire. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But like you you do when you do come across that person who's you know now you're doing a search for life and you've done it multiple times. Now there's somebody here. It's it it's almost like the car comes to a complete halt yeah, in the middle of the road. Absolutely. And then now you're you know like it's that brief pause. It, it only takes like a fraction of a second, and then you're back in the game. Yeah. But then. In the other one, like I had somebody up in uh, in Fairview, um, and we were told they were trapped, and you know we, we ended up going up there. And I just remember like when I actually came face to face with the person in the smoke, and there was this like fleeting moment of like oh, oh crap, yeah. yep. like that like I was responsible before this, and now I'm really responsible. Yeah. Like I hope I don't screw this up. <laughs> and then I'm, that lady fought me because her dog was she's like I'm not leaving without my dog. She started to like dig in, and I'm like no, you come, you come. <laughs> we we got it. I looked through the smoke. My partner had a dog at the little football, and I was like all right, we can go. And, we got it. Let's go. But yeah, that's uh, that's always something. So. What an accomplishment, though. I mean, that's incredible, right? All yeah. the, yep. you know, what thirty years old? So you've been uh, twelve years, uh, twelve yeah, years yeah, in the about, department. Yeah, about twelve years. And uh, you know, some guys go through a whole career never making a grab or yep. having a situation that they get put in firsthand. Maybe that might be on the fire ground, but they're not the one to actually make that grab. Maybe they're a part of it. But the fact that your crew got penciled back to fire, held the fire in check. Right, so you guys were able to make the removal, forcible entry. I mean, these are all things that add to the, you know, grand scheme of things, right? Yeah. The, the ultimate goal. And oh, we, uh, we looked at, we was like, you know, that fire could have went way worse. It could have went, you know, sure. totally south. 
And we, we say it to a lot of people, and it's, it's a shame, but you put that fire in some other places, and it's not going to turn out the same result. You're absolutely right. So, it, uh, But it, it's a testament to the guys, uh, you know, and the members of the department, actually committing to the training, doing what they're supposed to do, You know, people pushing forward and overcoming a real big obstacle. And having that lady there, that you know, that's a that's a pretty strong obstacle to overcome. Without a doubt. That a lot of people probably just would have been like, all right, all right you know, time to go home, forget about it. You know, they got, after the guys they yanked her, and you know they were kind of they're they're, they're mentally spent. You know, you know those guys. You know they need to be rehabbed. But you know it's uh it just goes. You know it's a testament to the training that that, that everybody has and and the culture of our fire department. You know, like, uh, I, I put in my notes. Um, you know we have our own live fire training facility. Right. One of the only ones. You know, one of the three in, in entire Bergen County, and people come to us right. for the training. I've been there. I've yeah, been training. It, it's fantastic. It's facility. great. Um, and it, it gives these people the you know the the, the smoke, the heat, and the fire that. You know, you not necessarily would have otherwise, right? And it's that that enables my department to be kind of head and shoulders above a lot of other people, and I'm proud to say that because, of course, you know, I, I get to fight fires every week. Yes, they're training fires, but at the, uh, at the same time, it's fire experience. It's but getting it's going the guys that to that muscle memory, absolutely. And and because I mean, I, I've been on the side. I'm a firearms instructor, and you know, people want to know how to like do self defense stuff, and it's all muscle memory of coming up out of that holster, bringing up front sight on the target, putting two hands on the gun, pulling the trigger. And I mean, especially having that option in the background of being like, hey, we have this, you know, fire facility in the back, we can do this pretty much when we're dedicated to yeah. do it, which sounds like you guys are, are up there. Um, so talk to me about the culture of Bergenfield because it's, it's kind of like it's bubbling up to the surface here as you're going through talking about um, the first fire that you went to, this, this, this one where uh, um, you had the garden style apartment fire and then this one getting this woman out. What, what's... What's the, the culture in Bergenfield, and and how is it barreling through the hurdles in today's fire service? So I think the, one of the one of the biggest thing is training, like we've been talking about for a little while here. Mm -hmm. um, you know, for for our department, we're training. My company, we have three companies in town. We're training drilling five times a month. That's not including your meeting night. That's not including your cleanup night. We're training five nights, four Fridays. People look at us and say, "What are you crazy? You giving up a Friday night to go train?" Well, yeah, that's because we're serious about it. Yeah, we give up our Fridays. You know, and you, two hours. To, what's two hours? It's nothing. Ten o'clock, ten thirty, wrapped up. Guys want to go out after. Hey, you know, go. So uh, the culture is, is training, and it's a lot of the older guys that have been there, thirty, forty, some fifty-year members. Um, it's nice to have that. It's nice to have. Yeah, you have they show this is what has gone on. You know, in the in the past, and and you grow from it. You know, this training facility that we have, it wasn't just you know overnight. Like, hey, let's build a training facility. It started like way back in the 70s. They were pushing it. And even then, they were like, hey, we see a need for training. We have to train our people. Mawa's not, you know, the closest place. Probably, you know, it takes about an hour round trip, you know, up and back. By the time you get up there, get settled, get ready to go, you don't have that much training time. We need something locally. And we really built that facility for ourselves just to, you know, for, for our guys because of the, the, the culture of training. They, they, they took it so seriously. And, um, you know, they, they, they built that. And they we pushed it, and really the, the, the culture in the, in the department is to train. We're dedicated to training. We're not very flashy. If you look at our rigs, you know we don't have uh, every light under the sun. We don't have you know cue sirens out the wazoo. Right. It's you know functional apparatus. Get the job done. It's not a lot of glitz and glamour. It's just functional. Get in there. Get it done. And, and that's that's kind of the you know the, the culture we like. It's now I want to go. You said you have you got these thirty and forty year members of the department and. I think there's going to be some viewers out there that are thinking, or there might even be a listener who's out there and be like, well, hey, I got some 30, 40-year-old guys like them. I'm doing pretty good. But I I feel like these are like not your typical 30 and 40-year members of the department. 
like in my, in my mind, I'm thinking of like you know, hey, we're gonna we're gonna switch to these nozzles, and all of a sudden you hear it in the back, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the dinosaurs. They start moving. Ah, no, there's still but, there's definitely still a little bit of that, but um, but it's, it it sounds like there's this uh, like not in that in that culture. There's these guys that are back there who are who are really coming forward. Like what, like t- tomorrow, I. I I say, like, hey, these 30 and 40 year, year guys are gone. How does it ch- change your organization? Um, really just the institutional knowledge. It, it, it would disappear. If a guy like that walked out the door, mm-hmm. um, you don't have somebody to go back to and say, hey, you know, 20 years ago, did you do this? Or a situation comes up and, and arises. Um, what happened then? That, that just kind of instantly disappears. Yeah. Uh, we just had, uh, uh, you know, uh, our, our career captain. We're a combination fire department. We had our career captain retire. He was uh, 30 years career he was a volunteer for 35 years, and uh, you know he walked out the door and he's gone. You know that's a person you rely on to, hey, bring, give me your information. What did you see? What are right. your experiences? You know everybody's got something that to, to offer, and if somebody like that walked out the door, you know, it'd be tragic to our department. But again, it goes back to them passing their knowledge along. So mm-hmm. even me being a 14-year member, I have a lot of that old institutional knowledge because guys have talked about it. They talked about their, you know, the, what's gone on in the past, how it relates to stuff going on now, what trends are moving forward, and uh, you know, that's uh, that's kind of where I want do you to see it. do you find in in your department? Do you find the newer generation, newer generation? Do they do they value the expertise? Do they value and understand how important it is for that, you know, thirty years of experience? Um, you know, I, because yeah, I know, like in my own department, it's it's a challenge. Yeah, and I think it's a challenge across the board. So you know, but I do find that departments that are strongly rooted in their membership and in training and things that make us a proactive and progressive department, we tend to have it better than others. Yeah, and I have a feeling you you guys probably do as well. I, I mean, it's kind of like fifty fifty because some people come in, they see like we've had a lot of people come from other departments, move into town. And they come and they're like, hey, you know, uh, I'm looking to join. And we say, like, look, this is the requirements. We're, we're basically going to ask you five for five nights a month to, yeah. to train. And they're looking at you like, what? Yeah. And I, I, we, we train once a month in, in my fire department, or some departments don't even train at all. Yeah. And it's like to hear that, and you're like, scary. Wait, I, what? Yeah, you're absolutely right. What? Um, and then, but some of the newer people coming in, it, it's kind of tough. You have to really try to relate to some of these, you know, to, to the younger kids. You got to use some more technology, you got to use, you know, s- some more videos, some more things. They're, the, the biggest challenge I find with the, the newer generation, they don't have a lot of mechanical knowledge and a lot of mechanical, yeah. uh, you know, skill sets. Whereas guys coming in, you know, with me 15 years ago, I was pretty decent. You know, I, 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 I landscaped, I, I used power tools growing up. So I had a really good working knowledge of how to, how to use things and adapt to the fire yes. service. Now I got these kids coming in and all they know is how to, you know, play video games. And they got great thumbs, but... Take a take a saw and you know go go cut uh, you know rebar off a off a window you know to, to vent the window. It's uh, as simple as refuel uh, putting refuel, fuel like in a fan. Yeah, right. I mean it's it's. I mean that. they run their car out of fuel because they didn't know or they run right. their car out of oil because they didn't know they had to do an oil change. You got to so explain to somebody it's mixed. Yeah, I think that's the <laughs> one of the, one of the biggest problems that, that that we face is trying to overcome that, and yeah. uh, it's a serious. I think in the fire service in general, that's probably the biggest issue that they have is having people that aren't really skilled mechanically and, and to be able to put those kind of things together because the fire service you know like you go back to muscle memory like you were talking about before a lot of those skills are basically parallel mm-hmm. and you know if they don't have them growing up 
I was fortunate enough that I did. Sure. Um, yeah, it, it, it's tough for some of these kids. Well, I think, too, it's like uh, for us, that newer generation, you know, I remember reading about leadership and <clears throat> where the mindset of our, you know, of millennials can be. And one of the things that came out of this article I was reading is that um, if you ask kids like 20 years ago, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? And, you know, I'm going to be a doctor, rocket scientist, or an astronaut, or whatever. And now there's people that are out there who are like, well, I want to be famous. Like, and they're citing like somebody from Instagram or YouTube, these personalities yeah. that are out there. And it's really kind of just odd to me sometimes how, like, they call it the digital crack, but, you know, like how, like, how do I survive without my smartphone? Like, if anything happens to my smartphone, I have a panic attack, and I go, I'm going on some kind of medication, you know? It's like, uh, it was the worst week ever. I have PTSD now. I'm like, yeah. I, I was without my iPhone for I mean, I kind, of, I kind of saw it, too, coming up, going, you know, graduating. Yeah. I didn't know what I wanted to do at first when I was in high school. I'm like, right. I, I don't know. Yeah, I want to be a fireman, but, you know, do I want to make this a career? Do I want to go on to college? Do I want to do something else? And it was like they're you know they're pushing pushing these kids uh, you know even from when I was in high school and, and now I see all the time, um, but you know you got to go to college if you don't go to college you, you know you, you're worthless. Yeah. There's there's a lot of trade jobs that aren't being filled by people because they just can't <coughs> find these kids. These right. kids want to be on on their phone. They want to play video games all day. You know you need plumbers. You need carpenters. You, you need those things. And all those basically skilled trades. Are, we have those guys in the fire service. They kind of, you know, like I said before, they, they parallel each other. You know, That's you right. Got, I got a guy who's a carpenter. Well, great, if I have a collapse, he might be able to tell me about structural members and this and that. Or if I have you know, a, a sprinkler issue, a guy who's a plumber might be able to, well, this is the service coming in. Kind of those things that you, you took for granted, I think, you know, a number of years ago because you had so many skilled people like that coming into the fire service. You don't really have that now. Yeah. So that's uh, agreed. It, it's a it's a huge huge challenge for but I, for but I think us, us as a as a you know fire service right as as a brotherhood we need to embrace today right yeah and it's it's you know a lot of us get hung up on you know while well, we used to and it used to be this we way. we always did and, it this way right and you know and I think what what happens is the the guys with thirty years experience and forty years experience and those senior men are having a harder time than a guy like me with twenty four years experience yeah. right yep. and so. You know, and, and then I'm still having a problem, but I can relate a little more because guess what? Here I am. Or guess what? This is a podcast, yeah. Yeah. right? So, like, you know, the, all of that, we have to find an equal balance. Absolutely. But I agree with you, and you hit on something very important, is that the, the technical end of things, where today they've taken vocational skills out of right. high schools and vocational yeah. schools are missing now, and it's all computer graphics and marketing and advertising, and, and it's all computer-driven. I understand that. I think, though, you're absolutely right. The fire service was really based upon guys that were blue-collar, roll their sleeves up, get the job done. They hit themselves with a hammer. Guess what? They get back up and they finish hammering that nail in. You know? and, and so you know, we have to find, as the fire service, we have to find that even balance. And I think you know, that takes one side listening to the other and hoping to find that balance. But the tough part is, is how do we get the newer generation to even want to be wanna do in the fire service? And that, that's the hard part. Well, and that you know, we wanna like we wanna be leaving this this better than you found, it. found it. And um, I know, like for me right now, I'm struggling at work because at the end of this month, I lose my senior guy. I, I lose uh, lose Craig, and you know, joking Uncle Craig, you know, he's he's my aggravation. Like you know, because he, he don't he's got zero left yep. to give. You yep. know, like he's just like he'll tell you exactly how it is. <laughs> but um. The guy and somebody said, "Oh, you're gonna be, you know, you're gonna lose your headache." I'm like, "I ain't losing the headache. I'm gaining one." Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? I'm like, 
because this guy has that knowledge of like where hydrants are. He know. I mean, I swear if there's a storage connection on a, on a rock somewhere, like he's like, yeah, about getting two hundred gallons a minute out of this thing. <laughs> you know, and it's like, and, and he's a uh, he was a plumber. He's a steam fitter. So like, there's times where I want to strangle him because I've heard this line multiple times. But at the end of the day, like you're learning so much about it, and so he goes, well, the plumbing code says, and it's like, but he'll relate it back to like number of toilets for the occupancy. If you have this many people in the building, you have to have this many, many bathrooms, this many uh, fixtures. And you start looking at stuff like that, and you're like, all right. And then he's like, and then you're supposed to have this and this, and it kind of all builds off that. So. Look what he taught you. Toilets. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, he said my whole career has been down the... <laughs> down the, down the, down the, down the <laughs> um, That's yeah, funny. It's good stuff. I, you know, and, and it's just as far as like the new generation, you know, like we embrace them, but we go from that known to the unknown for them. I think it's, like, it's a huge... Huge uh, yeah. struggle for me, and even, like I used to be good on my feet with it, but now, yeah, like I'm starting to learn. Like I'm like, all right, who are they following this week? Joe Swizzy Pants, who's, who's Swizzy Pants? Uh, all right, right. He's, he's the guy that's got the Swizzy Pants on. Yeah. What's going on? You know, right. I mean, and it's keeping up on this stuff. Is sometimes it's a little bit like for me, I got to learn it just as much because if I don't, you know, well, it, and that's how you have to be relatable, right? You yeah. have to be able to relate. So, and I, I, Chris, you know, for you being the chief of department at at a at an age that is younger than most. Um, I think that is only a benefit for you yeah. because you're able to maybe bridge that gap. And, and I think the, the senior guys, uh, the older guys in the firehouse have their trust and faith in you that you're going to do the right job because they put you in that position. Yeah. And the younger guys are looking at you saying, okay, this isn't a 65-year-old man giving me orders or designing this department for the future. It's a 30-year-old man. And so I'm a little more relatable to that. And I, th I, think, that's, I think you're in a real good spot. Um, I think, you know, fantastic career so far. Yeah, thank you. And uh, we'll certainly get you back in here another time to uh, tell some more stories. There's no doubt. Yeah, it'd be awesome. So, yeah, there's, there's some that probably aren't, aren't for the radio, but, uh, you know, there, there's a lot, a lot to be uh, to be shared. We, so. we actually yeah. have this thing coming out. It's called National Fire Radio After Hours. And it's in this white light. We have a red light. Uh, a little, like, relaxing jazz music. And, you know, I'm sitting here with a Manhattan or something like that. Yeah, now, like, we're oh, still now we're talking. Now we're talking. A little smooth jazz, you know. So it's nice. It's a relaxing atmosphere. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, you have to be 18 years or older to watch it. Listen to it, no. I think we might be able to roll that out. So, Chris, thank you. No, guys, I mean, really appreciate you having us. Thank you, and, uh, Yeah, we brother. loved having you. And uh, guys, for watching, thank you, Rob and Jeremy, Chris Nailis, Chief of the Bergenfield Fire Department, did a home uh, home run of a job tonight for us. And uh, keep watching and uh, keep looking out. There's a lot yeah. more material coming out. So take care, everybody. Thank you. Be Have a good night out there.